Well, hello there, Brandon. How you doing, man? Good, good. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. This is the follow-up round two podcast on the one that we recorded last week, which was right before your competition. Yes. And I was, I've been thinking how I can address you on this podcast, and I think the only thing fitting is, and on today's episode, we have Brandon Clark, the world's first and greatest <laughs> NACA like physique competitor. That sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty good yeah. title to have. I, I like it. I like it. I'll take it. So uh, I'm just going to address the elephant in the room here. we got this trophy sitting on the table. Yeah, um, yeah. By the way, this is a podcast episode and a YouTube video. So if you're listening, you can watch it. And if you're watch it, watching it, you can listen. So this trophy says, 2019 National Athletic Keto Association First Place Men's Champion Elite NACA Athlete. And you got a first place medal. Yes. And you're totally downed in the NACA yeah, swag as well. Yeah, it came with the uh, yeah NACA elite athlete swag. So well, why not don it for the uh, for the podcast? I like it, man. <laughs> so I want to do. So we did the follow up. This is the follow up podcast to what you had going right before you stepped on stage. So yes. when we recorded last time, if anybody hadn't listened to that one, they definitely should because it's going to give a lot more perspective on what we're talking about here. But you were. How many days out when we recorded that podcast? Uh, I believe it was two, two or three days. Two or three days, and now it's been, the show was on Saturday, it's now Tuesday. Yes. So it's only been two full days since mm. your show. Talk to me, man. Give me some, <laughs> give me some, uh, give me some feedback. How, how'd you feel going into the show? Since that first podcast, and what what's your feelings been since? I uh, I definitely had some nerves going into the show, uh, but then, you know, you're, um, I mean, with the peak week and everything, you also have in addition to the nerves, you've got that you know adrenaline um, that you know comes in and is kind of helping you along there at the end. Um, but then you're also maxed out as far as your depleted state and mm -hmm. what you've experienced up to that point so it's a very interesting mix of uh, feelings and emotions and then on top of that you know we all um, traveled to Dallas for it and so there is uh, you know some uh, stressors that go along with it with just traveling and uh, and for me this was totally an unknown experience I've never experienced anything like you know competing uh, before so going into it it was a it was a, a very um, complex mix of emotions going into it when we talked last time that was peak week so your mm -hmm. calories were at the all-time low during the weekly intake and then we bumped them up for that Friday the night before the show yes. but strictly from a caloric depletion standpoint how are you feeling what were your macros at there at the end how are you feeling going into it as far as like just physical capabilities are concerned? So uh, my my macros were my calories uh, for that last week were 1,466 calories, uh, 130, about 133 grams of fat, uh, about 58 grams of protein, and then uh, under 10 total carbs. And... Um, I felt, I definitely felt like in that state I could feel it the most, the, the effects of, um, you know, I, I had a tendency, it, it was never 
really horrible, but I had, you know, would wake up in the night and I would be, I would be hungry. And then it was, um, it was the, the calories were limited to the point that I wanted to save them all day so I could have one, you know, really nice satisfying meal at night, um, and use them all up. And that also really helped with making sure I hit the macros correctly, uh, was, kind of putting all that effort into one big main meal. But that inevitably led to being, you know, pretty hungry throughout the day. Uh, So you're waking up hungry, pretty hungry throughout the day, and then your body kind of goes into a state where um, you're waking up a lot. Mm -hmm. So I was waking up in the night probably about once every one to two hours, and uh, I would usually get up and, uh, you know, occasionally would have to go to the bathroom in the night but uh but then sometimes it would be for no clear reason at all other than it was like my body really wouldn't relax and uh what's how many trying to go to sleep and trying to wake up there at the end so i was trying to go to sleep uh between 9:30 and 10 mm-hmm. i tried to set it up to where it wouldn't ever be any later than 10 o'clock uh, because I wanted to get up at four o'clock uh, in the morning and have some time to get some coffee in me and then get my workout in before work. Gotcha. But you were kind of up and down throughout the night there towards the end. Yes. Were you I feeling s- the sleep deprived? That's the weird thing. I wasn't. It is like in that last week. I, I don't know if it was the adrenaline part of it or or what are the. Um, some of the different mechanisms that may have kicked into place because of uh, you know how low my calories were, but it was a very weird feeling. I wasn't, I didn't feel super tired, even though I wasn't getting much sleep. Uh, I would wake up, and it's kind of my my best hours were those first two hours between like four and six o'clock, and then the rest of the morning would be really rough into early afternoon, but then into uh, uh, you know around early to mid afternoon I would kind of break through into this second wind and it would remind me of that first two hours in the morning where I would get this boost and then I would almost kind of feel like I would coast uh, on that boost until uh, I would end up going to bed at night talk a little bit about how when you're doing this like very much towards the end like especially that last month you're pretty much having to mentally psych yourself up on like a 30-minute revolving basis. Like you can't live day-to-day. It's like literally living 30 minutes by 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I felt like a lot of things were really magnified. Um, So like uh, your hunger, your awareness of your hunger, your awareness of your energy levels or how fatigued you are or um, it it seemed like you're just, your body is hyper-aware of everything that's going on and uh, it you're, you're at a point where you're literally challenging yourself. The most you have, uh, you know, for me was 20 weeks, and this was the absolute peak of that, and uh, which seems to you know affect you in multiple ways. And in that hyper awareness, um, you. Everything that you're struggling with is uh, is on your mind, and so you are literally trying to 
like it does break down into like 30 to 40 minute 30 to 45 minute intervals um or like it would be in my mind it would be like task oriented it would be Mm -hmm. like if i was busy on a certain task like at work um then it would break down into the phases of that task and uh, if the task was you know a longer one then it would uh start to become more of a you know 20 to 30 minute battle what are some things that you like effortlessly do in normal day-to-day living that when you're in a prep just seems incredibly overwhelming like even for me opening a door yeah. like a heavy door is like i've got to mentally psych myself up for it yeah the uh the freezer door in the clean room where we make <laughs> the bricks i had to mentally psych myself up to open that door and uh you know for those uh listening it's a uh, i mean it's a large heavy freezer door but normally it's it's not even a second thought and it would be like it would it, i would almost start to laugh because it would be almost like i was preparing to utilize my breathing in a strategic way to brace for a lift mm-hmm. and uh and i was doing that to to open a door um but then like even really recognizing how far you were going to have to walk from your car to certain places and uh um even that even things like uh walking around my house at night to make sure all the doors are locked before I go to bed. Like I started contemplating just, I'm sure they're <laughs> locked instead of making sure that they're locked. Cause you're, it's like your body is trying to convince you to be as minimally active as possible. And, uh, I felt like I was talking slower. Um, I don't know if it always sounded like that, but I definitely felt like uh, my speaking was a lot slower. It's kind of hard to tell, man, because like, there's not really any good, accurate way to track what your actual caloric expenditure is. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of Fitbits and stuff out there, but I've never really put much weight in those. But when you're at a caloric maintenance or surplus, you've got a bunch of neat activities. So you're just moving around, just your constant day-to-day activity. You're burning a lot of calories through that. Whereas when you're in a prep... You're not really, you know, playing with that baseline. You're not manipulating macros based off of that baseline because you just assume, you know, it's just your normal day-to-day functions and that stays constant. But I imagine that takes a pretty big hit when you're in a deficit because things that you would normally just do without second thought, you just don't do anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it was a very – I had ne- clearly uh, – you, there's really no way to prepare for it. I mean, it's like you you just have to experience it, and then um, it, it helps to be aware that that you know that, that phase is gonna come, even though you don't know what quite to expect. Because then when you're in it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, this is a phase. I'm not, you know, I'm not dying. You know, the the pressure, the gradual pressure that we've been applying all these weeks to get to the point that we are physically we're we're at that peak that final phase and um that helped a whole lot knowing uh since you guys had told me you know um even though it's it's not the same as experiencing it mm-hmm. i was somewhat mentally prepared that it was going to get pretty bad that la- especially those last few weeks 
Was your wife looking at you like, what is this? What are you doing? Like, this can't be worth it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She said, I think she compared it to, like, I was, um, like, like I was a corpse. Like, I, <laughs> like I wasn't alive. Um, and, uh, and, and it was funny, too. Like, you, I'd be sitting on the couch, and I would have to go to the bathroom, and you, like, literally just sit there, like, and... <laughs> talk yourself out of going to the bathroom and like hold it as long as just so you don't have to get up and walk you know to the bathroom um it's so funny and that working out was a big mental hurdle it's like you almost have to train in the morning because if you wait till the end of the day there's oh, just no way no no yeah yeah, yeah. It had to be in the morning which fortunately for me those first two hours were the best hours but what was funny is I would feel, even though I would feel the best, I'd be like, you know what? I feel not bad. I still, it was like my body, though, was very aware mm -hmm. of how few calories I was working with for energy. And it, it was that turned into it was a, every set was a battle. And the rest periods in between sets seemed to go by lightning fast mm -hmm. and i uh, i would literally like i got to a point i keep a big calendar where i keep note of of all my workouts and everything and anything that i find you know really important and i literally like started counting down the days on the calendar like writing i think it was at like 40 days left i was like 40 days out 39 days out and i was <laughs> calculating things like how many meals I had left to the end or how many workouts I had until it was over. And it was like all these little strategies to try and make it past those mental hurdles mm -hmm. that you are constantly facing. It's tough, man. Like when you're working out and you're feeling fine, you're not in a mm -hmm. prep, it's like you take for granted the ability to just work out and have fun. Mm -hmm. I mean – Training should be fun for sure, but there's times in a prep where that's the last thing you want to do. You yeah. don't want to you don't want to expend any unnecessary energy and to go into the gym and like actually have a good solid hard workout and push yourself mm -hmm. is hard. I mean, like when you go into work and like okay, this is the task that I have to do in order to get paid, whatever, whatever. I mean, you can kind of push through that, but when you're in the gym, it's like I have to be motivated enough to try and beat my PR not mm -hmm. likely gonna happen but try to beat my PR when that's the last thing I want to do I mean that's tough man yeah and usually too like uh, most work I mean I love working out so when you're in there you have a good sweat you get a good pump and you leave with with a mental boost it's like you it's like you know you're ready to tackle the day you know if you've done it in the morning and in that state it's more like you know whoo I, I survived it you know, well, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. what's, what's the next task? And, uh, you know, I started doing things, you know, like all of this thing about like breaking everything down into smaller increments. Like I would easily do that for the, all right, you know, my, uh, my workout portion's done. Now it's the work day. And then you'd break the work day down into portions of hurdling to get through. And it was almost like you, you just wanted to get to bed at night as soon as possible to get to the next day so you could cross you know, one more one day, day is being yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, I can see that for sure. Did you, let's talk about the, the actual competition itself, because this competition was the first of its kind. Mm -hmm. The NACA, which on your shirt, National Athletic 
Keto Association. So this was the first competition that was specifically designed around the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. Yes. Which is pretty cool. And there's there's been a lot of naysayers. It's like, you know, th- this was a very small show. I mean, in all mm-hmm. honesty, there was only three female competitors and five male competitors. So mm-hmm. an incredibly small show. But I'm really proud and stand behind what it's trying to accomplish. And I'm excited to see it grow. Because when you have keto and bodybuilding in the same sentence, you know you're making headway. Yeah. And that's what this show symbolized to me. What were some specifics at this show like what what were some of the guidelines around this show like how did you determine if you were ketogenic or not so they I'm gonna uh, pop up on a topo chico here as, we, as we're talking. <laughs> so they mandated that uh you needed to you had to have an instagram account and uh once you reached eight weeks out every monday you had to go live uh, on instagram and test your ketones live with either a keto mojo or a keto coach and then show your results live, and they had to be a 0.5 uh, or above. And uh, you got a certain amount of points for if you met, met that standard. And that would be every week leading up to the competition, and then the Friday night before the Saturday competition, you would have to test one more time, and that would be uh, two points. And then in addition to that, um, they looked at each competitor's social media profiles uh, to ensure that there was um, that it was clearly evident that this that the competitors were people who supported the ketogenic lifestyle and uh, put out you know that they lived that on a uh, on a daily basis and to, just to make sure everything lined up yeah and some I mean you could definitely you know cheat the system so to speak you could take mm-hmm. a bunch of exogenous ketones before testing mm-hmm. and lie basically mm-hmm. so i think everybody was just betting on people being honest yeah um which sometimes isn't the case but it, it's not a perfect system there's no perfect system people cheat lie detector tests at the normal natural competitions you know right so there's there's ways to get around what the what the intention the goal is but you know, people are being honest. You you can know with pretty much certainty that the people that were on stage that day, you know, believed in, followed, and sustained a ketogenic lifestyle, which is right. which is exciting because most competitors, when they step on stage, they're, you know, dependent on strict carbohydrates for mm-hmm. their building and cutting phase. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about let's talk, let's get into some weeds here, man. All right. What happens and what what did you do? Like walk me through the day before the show, so that Friday. And the day of the show. Okay. What are some specifics that you did with your nutrition, your posing? Like, what was your preparation looking like that 48 hours? All right. So, uh, Friday, um, Friday was the day that we traveled down there the day, uh, the day before the show. And, uh, on that day in particular, so I had been saving the majority of my calories uh, for that nighttime meal and essentially fasting or fat fasting during the day uh, to where I would maybe have a tablespoon of butter, of salted butter uh, with my coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that Friday, I decided to fast the entire day uh, completely, only have water or black coffee and literally save all of those nutrients for the refeed meal that night in preparation for this show on Saturday. And so um, 
my refeed that night uh, jumped from where my daily level was at 1,466. It jumped up to about 2,300 calories, uh, 187 grams of fat, and uh, 130 grams of protein. And, uh, and I believe I easily stayed under um, 10 grams of uh, total carbs. And uh, I also, my training was scaled way back. It was essentially just a pump-up day uh, to keep the uh, blood flow um, and uh, n- real no physical exertion you know, at all. And that was kind of more and more becoming the uh, goal of any type of a workout in that peak week was just to essentially keep blood flow going. Um, but then also uh, that last meal, uh, what was really important was the uh, sodium intake. And that increased. Uh, I had been maintaining it around 4,000 milligrams of sodium a day. And it increased to uh, approximately 5,500 milligrams for that last meal in preparation for that day. So when people hear that you were taking in 1,466 calories, that's like a pretty big red flag. That's that's pretty that's pretty dang low. That usually raises some eyebrows. Yeah. 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 But to be safe, you weren't consuming that low for very long at all. That was just that last week. Right. And you did offset that with that really high, not really high, but high relative to that. Right. 2,300 right. calorie day. And then your protein, you said, was what, 55? 58. 58, mm-hmm. which is insane. So most competitors, when they're going through a contest prep and they have their peak week, the day before the show, their protein's pretty much always high throughout the whole prep. And then they ramp up their carbohydrate intake the night before the show to fill out and have that, you know, fuller, harder look, more vascular look on show day. Mm. So you obviously did not do that. You only consumed an additional uh, caloric intake from proteins and fats. Yes. Carbs stayed sub 10 total grams. Yes. And you bumped up the sodium. Uh, You also didn't manipulate water down. No. And you, you probably titrated it down a little bit, but you didn't have like an official water cut by any no, means. No. Um you were staying hydrated throughout the entirety of the show. Right. So I'm assuming since you didn't have, you know, a huge bolus of carbohydrates, you probably were looking incredibly flat on show day and weren't able to get a pump or have any vascularity. Is that correct? No, it was actually the <laughs> uh the complete opposite. Um after it was a uh you know, it's funny because we, you know, we just kind of talked about those, those twenty, thirty, forty-minute intervals that you break things down into when you're suffering, when you're, you know, experiencing those physical and mental sufferings in that last phase. Uh, and it's funny how everything breaks down into these incredibly small increments of time, with, uh, you know, these. Uh, these dramatic effects and everything seems more magnified. Um, but after I got those, uh, nutrients in me in that refeed meal, it was, um, it's almost immediate, uh, that you start feeling, it's like you start feeling the blood pumping through your veins. You, uh, you feel this surge in energy. You see, you feel this, uh, surge in mental focus 
and uh, it, and then you end up you you look down at your arms and the veins, the vascularity in your arms is just insane, all like within a matter of minutes, and uh, you literally can watch this transformation. And what's really cool is I took photos before the meal, after the meal, uh, typically like an hour after that, and then the next morning. And you literally watch yourself transform and fill out. And instead of being this, uh, you know, in appearing depleted and uh, with, you know, minimal vascularity, you know, your vascularity is just, uh, I mean, magnified like tenfold, like it's insane. And then you end up seeing the, you gradually are filling out and uh, and then if you do any type of um, activity at all in that, it, it's like very minimal activity uh, ends up leading to an insane pump. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a pretty mind-blowing uh, experience. And to be fair, that really, that whole process becomes much more apparent, much more amplified when you are as lean as you got. Mm-hmm. A lot of people... They try to have these crazy manipulations during peak week, and they, it does not have the desired effect, but they never are in shape in the first place. Okay. You've got to be, like, you got to be pretty dang close to stepping on stage in order for that to, to work properly. And, I mean, I don't know what your body fat percentage was. We meant to get a DEXA before we left for Texas, but you were you were down there low, man. You were definitely sub-6. I have no doubt about that. And when yeah. you get that low and you've got the, the diet formulated properly and you tweak the sodium and you're hydrated... I mean, it's crazy. You you start manipulating that one meal, and you mm-hmm. can literally get real-time feedback and just watch as your body soaks in those nutrients and then changes right before your eyes. It's pretty cool, man. Oh, yeah, and, the and like, the, the extent that there was to have a sudden 900-plus calorie increase and then to not experience any bloat. It's like your body is literally a sponge just mm-hmm. sucking up and utilizing every nutrient you put in your body. Totally. And you also had to test ketones, like I said, on Friday before. Yes. What was your reading right there? So I tested mine at the at the end of, uh, and this was typically what I would do, at the end of um, the day after uh, my training, after uh, typically fasting during the day. So on that Friday, I, I kind of followed that same protocol. I had fasted all day and uh, trained or tested that night before my refeed meal. And it was 2.5 uh, was the um, was the test results. 2.5 millimolar. Yes. So it's safe to say that you were in ketosis. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. And what's cool is that you were in ketosis, deep ketosis, the entirety of that 20-week prep. You weren't mm-hmm. having to implement any carb refeeds, carb no. cycling. No. I mean, you didn't play around with any of that stuff. No, we never never utilized carbohydrates once for anything. And you seemed to do okay. Well, I, I'd say I did better than okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think this trophy proves that you can sustain a, a pretty strict ketogenic diet and, and yeah. come, all right, come away from a competition all right with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, uh, yeah, it definitely worked. It definitely worked without a doubt. And that's, that's what's cool, man. Like 
there's so many people out there that just don't think that you can reach that level of conditioning mm-hmm. without carbohydrates. So for me, like I've been there before, you know, that's that's what I implemented when I did my prep. Mm-hmm. But it's exciting for me to see other people replicate it because then I'm not an outlier. Like yeah. it's something that people can replicate. And you replicated it. I mean, you didn't have a coach. You just followed DSK strictly all the way through. I helped you a little bit towards the end with your posing, uh, the tanning, and a little bit of um, caloric manipulations and sodium manipulations with the refeeds there at the right. end. But I didn't help at all other than that. I mean, everything else was all you, and you just followed DSK all the way through, which is a higher-fat, moderate-protein, very low-carbohydrate diet. Right. A lot of people will say, you know, if you're trying to cut down body fat, you got to really keep protein high and take take away from your dietary fat but i think like we said in the last podcast that you were on i mean you were up to 82 percent of your calories coming from fat there at the end mm-hmm. and it's it honestly stayed pretty high throughout the entirety of it it did it did yeah it stayed uh and, and you know i'm i'm really glad i got to you know experience that for myself to the extent that you do in a prep in a contest prep like that because uh, it, it with all that is out there, um, you know, it was nice to be able to to see it proven to myself on my own body in my own experience, and and see it work, and um, work to the extent that it did that I was able to place first in the in the competition. Is there anything that you would have done differently? Kind of like looking back on it. Is there anything you would have done differently with your macros, with your training, with any tweaks that you made? No, no, I, I, uh, I really feel like um, it was a that, and that's kind of what is so good about deeper state keto is it's not, or it's not a program that's like you're rolling the dice and then let's let's see what happens. Like there is a, a little bit of uh of trial periods there especially in the beginning trying to determine your appropriate uh protein levels and and fat ratios and all that um that is specific to your individual body type Mm -hmm. uh but other than that it is it is just so extremely detailed with a defined um laid out strategy that i you know, it was it was like my confidence just continued to build as I continued uh, through the program, and uh, and then I was uh, very confident in my training style um, already, which was stayed the same and really didn't change from what I had been doing for a long time, which was just uh, resistance bands and body weight training at home. It's funny, man. I when I made DSK, I didn't make it as a contest prep you know, protocol by any means. It's it's following the same protocol that I use myself for contest prep, but it's not a contest prep protocol. So it's cool for somebody to use it during contest prep and it work as well as it did. And for you to do the whole thing without weights, kind of like we talked about in the last podcast, that blows my mind. I mean, mm-hmm. there were so many things that you did differently with this prep. First of all, you did it ketogenically, you know, mm-hmm. so that that's a huge outlier. You did it without weights, that's a pretty big outlier. And then you did it following this high-fat, moderate-protein, very low-carb approach within the keto diet without any carbs, cyclical or targeted. 
and that's becoming an outlier. So yep. yeah. you basically broke all the rules, <laughs> and you won. Yeah, yeah, and, and honestly got in better shape, way better shape than I have ever been able to get to before. And, you know, again, I've been following a ketogenic lifestyle for three. It's not like my body was shocked by DSK, and that's why I got such magnified results. Uh, or it, you know, I have been keto for three years now. Mm-hmm. So my body is, you know, and I had have implemented intermittent fasting for a long time. Like, none of those specific details were foreign to my body, and my body just had this crazy response to it. It, it was that the uh, the strategy uh, behind it and sticking to it and the consistency and playing the long game and that gradual pressure um, that uh, you detail in there as being the key to causing your body to change its composition gradually over time but to continue taking step by step, um, it, it was the effectiveness of that. It wasn't any dramatic shock of anything. The, the most shocking, I would say, was that uh, the magnified effect of having my carbs consistently that low. I had mm-hmm. never done that before. And I had never really thought that I needed to do that to, a, to the extent that it is on the program. But, you know, it was really nice because it proved a lot of things to me by seeing the effect in my own body and without a doubt um, increasing the uh, fat and uh, restricting the carbohydrates to that extent in my body and obviously in a lot of others uh, provides um, amazing results in your body. Yeah, man, that's that's freaking awesome. All right, so after the competition, actually rewind a little bit before the competition's over. I wanna I wanna focus on a specific instance. Okay. When you go out there and you line up and you do the comparison round, you battle it out with everybody else on stage, and then when they bring you back out for the awards, and they're calling out fifth place, fourth place, third place. Your name hadn't been called yet. The next name they call is going to be second place, which means the last name they call is going to be the winner. <laughs> yeah. In that moment, what are you feeling? It's it's funny. It's it's such a it's such a small fraction of time, but it's so clear in your memory and. You, you wouldn't think that your thoughts during that time, those brief few seconds, um, you know, will be magnified to the effect that they are. But it was literally in that moment, I was like, you know, there's nothing else. I, I've literally done everything I can do. And, and I was very, I was very satisfied because I had, I knew deep down I had done everything and I had done it right. And it, it was, it's funny in that situation. And you told me, um, that I should feel this way. And, and I ended up feeling this way that no matter what that end result was first or second, I knew I had done everything possible to the best of my ability and was proud 
of uh, where I was at. Now I wanted first place. Yeah. Um, but it was almost like in that brief second, you kind of make peace with it. You know, that very much so, man. Like gives you peace. Like you know that even if you do get second, that there's no reason to hang your head. Like when mm. you know, when you know that you couldn't have done anything else different or more or better, mm-hmm. like you're okay with it. You're cool yeah. with it. But it's so important to be able to have that confidence in knowing that you gave it your all because I, I can only imagine, but the worst feeling in the world must be getting second place and knowing that you cut corners. Like that's got to just like freaking rip your soul out. Yeah. I don't ever yeah. want to experience that. I don't ever want to taste that. Mm-hmm. That like not wanting that feeling is motivating enough for me to push that much harder during the process mm-hmm. so that I can go to sleep each night knowing that I'll never have to have that feeling. Yeah. But when they do call first and your name is first, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I just edited the vlog kind of recapping that whole thing. And, you know, the, the expression on your face when they called the second place one and then you, it was like just total, like this whole weight just left your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And you smiled, but it was like you knew it was deserved, you knew it was earned, and there's like, there's not there's nothing better than that, man. Like yeah. That is the coolest feeling in the world. Yeah, it was like the perfect, like, climactic experience for the past for the 20 weeks leading up to it it's it's very it's a crazy feeling it's like this moment of extreme relaxation and surge of adrenaline at the same time mm-hmm. and uh and just you know satisfaction being completely um yeah awesome awesome feeling so let's let's dive in a little bit deeper to some of the emotions. So after after they announced it, you had your trophy and everything. We walked off. We went out to eat. Mm-hmm. How was that? That was incredible. That was I mean that was my first time ever being uh, to a Brazilian steakhouse in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in and of itself, I mean, was an amazing, awesome experience, but having that you know at the end of everything and what it had built up to uh and being able to relax fully relax and have you know one of the most amazing meals that you've ever had uh it was just like so rewarding and at the same time it's like your body is uh i don't know it just seems it's a very it's a very unique physical experience too because you're experiencing this emotional uh response but then you're having such nutrient dense you know high quality food that it's it's even more magnified because your body is so depleted still Mm -hmm. and um you know it's it's like you uh you start getting depressed when you start getting full. Like you just want it to, to <laughs> Never last, even though you you think beforehand, all I want is to be full, to have that full feeling. And in that moment when you're, um, you know, enjoying this amazing meal, and uh, and it's you know, not only uh, you know tastes amazing, but it's so nutrient dense and good for you. It's 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 like you don't want it to end. <laughs> it was pretty cool, man. Like after the show. 
We all went to the Brazilian Steakhouse, 12 Cut Steakhouse, I think is what it was called. Yes. Shout out to them. They did an amazing job. Oh, yeah. But we walked by, when we first walked in the doors, we walked by this like massive salad bar. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, those asparagus are like a foot long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're just like eyeing like, everything. Those asparagus were insane. <laughs> and then they start bringing out these skewers of meat. And they just don't stop, and your card stays green the whole time because you're just wanting to take it all in. Yeah. But, like, I made that like a tradition. Like, we did the same thing when Crystal uh, did her competition. We went to a Brazilian steakhouse. Uh, we tried to go with my last competition, but they closed right as I got there. Oh. That was the most depressing thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right as I got there. That's terrible. But I, I, I relived it through you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool to, like, just see you bask in all the food, man. Because you oh, know it's yeah. high-quality food. And a lot of people post show they go out and just eat like crappy, crappy food like yeah. pizzas, burgers, ice creams, really mm-hmm. low grade food, and they feel poorly afterwards. Whereas you were stuffing your face with like lamb, and right? Prime rib and mm-hmm. good quality stuff, and because yeah. of that, you you didn't feel terrible the next day. No, no, not like actually, you know, to the contrary. I, I woke up and. Uh, I, I probably ate too much and felt the effects of that the night before, but waking up the next day, my my body soaked that up like a sponge, and and uh, you know you you almost feel like, uh, especially eating high quality foods like that and the quantity, and then sleeping on it, you wake up kind of <laughs> feeling a little superhuman, mm-hmm. you know, like because uh, you haven't felt that. Uh, the effect of having all those nutrients behind you uh in that surplus but then your body's so depleted that it's sucking every inch of them up and um it it makes you feel amazing it really makes you appreciate food Mm -hmm. and like if you if you don't have food you're in a deficit you're depleted yet you keep pushing yourself to do these day-to-day tasks when you reintroduce that food and you feel full for the first time in months you feel energized your body's like got some fuel coming in it's like those day-to-day tasks become like just trivial it's like you oh, can yeah. just jump into them with vigor that you never had mm-hmm. before and that's cool mm-hmm. and you could take that with you with everything i mean like you just have so much more perspective on life what's hard what's easy what you're capable of that you oh, never yeah. really you never really grasp that unless you do hard things in life. And a bodybuilding competition is such a good way, a good vehicle to use to establish that, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you, I mean, if you would do it the right way, I would say there's, like, no other better word than it is grueling. Mm-hmm. Like, and the experience afterwards of feeling, you know, the, you know, sufficient, a sufficient amount of high-quality calories in you, um... Like, it's crazy. Like, the thought in my head was, like, I've got something behind me now pushing me forward Mm -hmm. to where there was nothing there pushing me forward. I was dragging myself ahead, and and that feels amazing. Like, just the difference that you feel in walking from point A to point B. Um, Yeah, it it used to be a task, and now, yeah, it's, like, trivial. There's there's one thing that I meant to bring up earlier, but it totally slipped my mind. You had a surprise with yes. this trip. Yes. What, what was that surprise? So you guys uh, arranged for my uh, younger brother Adam to uh, to come to the competition, and 
like I still, I st- my mind wasn't even so. So yeah, so we we arrive in Dallas, and we get to the uh, to the Airbnb, and we know we you know we've got to drop everything off and then roll out to the uh, to the meetup at um, at the gym that night in Dallas, and uh, so we all load up and we're driving there and. You know, really mentally, the last thing I wanted to do was jump back in the car after driving for five hours and drive some more. But uh, but it was a really cool uh, meetup, you know, happening. And I definitely didn't want to miss that. I wanted to be there for it. <clears throat> so so we get there and I literally am like, it, it's one of those things. Like I'm in, uh, I'm in a depleted state. I've been fasting all day. All I've had is black coffee and water. I'm just thinking about my refeed meal that's coming later that night and I literally as I'm getting out of the car I uh, I uh, pour out a caffeine pill and down that as I'm walking up and uh, and I'm just expecting to walk in and we're gonna hang out and have a good time for a couple hours and and then I pick up on one thing you said and you're like man we got all kinds of people here <laughs> and or something to that effect and then I see Danny Vega and uh, and so I shake his hand, and he's like, "Man, we got all kinds of people here to see you." <laughs> and and I walk in, and everybody is huddled around the entrance, and it it's almost like it's it's throwing me for a loop because I I remember going like, "All right, there's a lot of com- are they all lining up for the different competitors?" I mean, I'm I'm late to this thing. Like I we were a little bit late as well, and uh, and then I notice Crystal. And she's got a camera pointed at me. And again, like there's this whole group of people. Um, a, a lot of the influencers and everything are all standing there, all facing me. I'm like, I know this is a pretty cool big deal, but, um, you know, I just showed up, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, why does Crystal have the camera pointed at me? And uh, and then I can't remember who it was. Somebody, it might have been you. You're like, look in front of you. And, uh, and there, I, my mind finally comprehends that my brother Adam is like standing, you know, three to five feet in front of me, facing me like, Hey, I'm right here. (laughs) And I had completely glossed over him. It wasn't even a possibility in my mind that I didn't even, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I didn't even process that he was standing right in front of me. It was more like, all right, I have no idea what's going on. And so that moment, it was like my, I mean, I was in a depleted state and fasting all day. So my mind uh, felt like it was, uh, you know, struggling a little bit already, but it was like, I had this two part reaction of like, oh my goodness, that's Adam. And I give him a hug and everything. And it's like the realization that he's here to experience this with me. Like he's the first one I told about keto after I got on keto and he ended up losing 55 pounds, had an amazing transformation and, uh, you know, so proud of him. I've done, you know, a lot of different YouTube videos with him and stuff and we're really close. And, you know, the, all of those emotions like that, I, you know, my, one of my brothers is, is here to, to share this experience with me was overwhelming. And then, it like had this compounded like second punch effect where, you know, I let go of him after I hugged him and I was like, nah, come back. And I gave him a second hug 
and uh you know because we they live back in virginia where we used to live and i mean gosh it was uh it was amazing it was awesome and you and your oldest son was there too yes yeah john that came with cool. me my uh 13 year old yeah i'll say this man like like i've had all these emotions before like i i feel like you and i have a very similar outlook on much of the same things especially as it relates to something like this pushing your body and subjecting yourself to something like this so I know very well all the emotions that I experienced during a competition. I know how meaningful it is to have my brother there, my mother there, my father there, my grandparents there, you know, whenever they've been to shows in the past. And I wanted you to experience that because that's that's special. Mm-hmm. And everything yeah. that you did, every everything that you said, every action that you took, it really just solidified that you have the right frame of mind and you're soaking it all in and you're appreciating it for what it is because it is special. I mean, like the way you, the way you thanked us for like helping you pose in the mornings, you know, the month leading up to the show, Mm -hmm. the way you like hugged your brother when you saw him for the first time, the way you just like sat there and smiled (laughs) when you were eating after the show. (laughs) I mean, like all these things that are going through your mind and you're experiencing, I was like just watching you and reliving them all. Yeah. And it's cool because somebody needs to be able to step back and appreciate what's happening for what it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you truly have a good grasp of what you just accomplished. Mm-hmm. And for that, you know, I'm incredibly proud of you. And I mean, it's inspiring, man. Like watching you do what you've done and carry yourself the way that you have, it's very inspiring. Wow, thank you. That uh that means a whole lot. I I uh yeah, I, I mean I was excited about um about all of us going into it, uh you know, but then it was also very daunting at the same time and something I'd never done before and uh you know, it was awesome to have uh you know, you and Crystal um and you know come to work with all the support that we get here at work and yeah i was blown away by the by all the support you guys had shown for me um you know take away everything you did to get adam there and uh and that was just like the the mind-blowing effect and like what you guys what you guys did like uh you know turned i mean it, it was already going to be a very memorable experience but maximized any potential uh for it to get any better it was you know it was mind-blowing it was awesome I, <laughs> well i want i want this to be just like you know rock salt in your memory banks for years to come because mm-hmm. You you can pull from this. You you you've learned things about yourself that you don't even know you've learned yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you're not going to realize it until down the road when you're faced with something, and then you can like pull back and think of this moment and use it. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting to know. Like I'm excited to see those times come up. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Oh, thank you, thank you. It was it was very special, and um, I mean. There's not a lot of people in this world like uh, like you and Crystal, and uh, I can't believe I get to work for you guys. And uh, you know, I've, and and I feel like 
uh, and Bryson and I were just talking about this, you know, the other day that, you know, it's been like six months Mm -hmm. since I got on and it it feels like, you know, we've known each other forever, you know, And, and, you know, Bryson and I feel the same way. It's like Bryson and I are like, you know, I'm, I'm the manager, but we're like brothers. Well, I got to tell you, man, it was pretty cool for Crystal and I to be at dinner that night mm-hmm. and just look around the table and see that, you know, Kara was there, mm-hmm. Bryson was there, the whole team was there, you know, your brother, John, I mean, everybody. And they all wanted to be there to support you. Yeah. They wanted to be there on their own accord. Like, we we, we had them work the booth, you know, the, at the venue, but they would have been there just because they wanted to be there. Oh yeah, Kara and that said was that. so yeah. obvious, mm-hmm. you know. And that that means a lot to me. Like I want to build something much stronger than just a, a a workplace where you come in, punch the clock, collect mm-hmm. your wages and go. Like I want to build a family. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we got that going. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like it was it was so cool like it kept being energizing. Like you know when you start to um experience, you know, those dips after you have the spikes in adrenaline afterwards as thing. But it was like, it kept, I kept it being re-energized and getting, you know, more like adrenaline dumps or something because of how excited Bryson and Kara were. And like, you know, like I said, Bryson's like my brother, Kara is like my sister. And I've known Kara for even less time, you know, than Bryson, but they were so genuinely excited to excited for me, excited to be there to support me. And, uh, and it's crazy to go on a trip with, you know, um, you know, quote unquote coworkers and to be completely relaxed, um, and to have an amazing time, you know, like you're on vacation with, uh, with family. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's so rare. I'm, I'm amazed that uh, that I'm in the position that I am right now, and extremely grateful for it. Hey Amen. I'm I'm grateful to have you because you're <laughs> hell of a member of the team, bro. Thank you. Um, speaking of keto brick, let's just do a little shameless plug here. Yeah, yeah. You used the keto brick mm-hmm. throughout the entirety of your prep. You were eating between half a brick to a full brick pretty much every night. Yeah. Every week, right? Mm-hmm. Every yeah. every day for the whole twenty weeks. I actually even found it more and more critical for me to hit my macros that I needed to hit, um, as it got as the calories got more and more restricted, and I would be in this internal mental battle of because you know you wanted me to also um, you know you were advising me to you know not just purely eat the keto brick. You know that to have other nutrient dense foods in there, and to you know still make use of red meat, and you know I, I remember being a little upset, you know, hearing you say that because <laughs> I was like I was gonna get to a point where I was just I I felt like I'll I'll just live off keto bricks, um, you know, as here as the calories get lower towards the end of this competition, and uh, it was it's funny too because. I just kept being amazed. I was like, I am down to as strict as this prep gets the final week. And then even on show day. And what am I utilizing every single day? I'm utilizing the brick. And it is it is not only acceptable, 
it's ideal. Mm-hmm. Like it helps you hit what you're trying to hit perfectly and provides exactly what you're looking for. Like it just blew me away. It's, you know, I, I loved the product beforehand, but I was always kind of, I was like, I, I wonder, and I've had the thought before of like, I wonder if it's the best thing to say it's a performance product. You know, it's, it seems like so much more of like a, a keto treat mm-hmm. to me. And, um, you know, I've had the thought before, like, I wonder if some people may not try it because they think it's a performance product and it, you know, not maybe think it's as good and delicious as it really is. And uh, it just blows my mind that it's both of those. It's both of those and maximized as much as they can be. And when you're in that depleted state as well, like you want the keto brick anyway when you're not in that depleted state. But when you're in that state, it is like a bite of pure heaven. (laughs) And I, I mean, like even I would get excited about the different, you know, implementing different flavors and when and uh and would like literally look forward it was the saddest thing when i would have to limit myself to like during that last week it was six tenths of a keto break and i would have to wrap it up and put it away uh or i was like really scared i was going to finish the whole thing yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's funny man because i made for anybody that doesn't know the the original story of how the keto brick came to be. I made it for my own personal benefit while in a competition prep for this very reason. Like I made it for the competition prep because I wanted something that was shelf stable, took the guesswork out of macros, hit the high fat ratio with the moderate protein, the very low carbs, and gave me the sodium I needed with the electrolytes and just gave me the energy I demanded to make the day. So I made the keto brick without ever intending to sell it. And I haven't altered any from that point like it's always remained a performance bar Mm -hmm. and for me to see you another competitor use it the same way that i used it and benefit from it the same way in that same way that i benefited from it Mm -hmm. that's just an incredible reassurance to me that it's 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 there for a reason you know yeah like i believe in the product i've always believed in the product but it's cool to see other people believe in it for that reason and you know there, there are other bars out there that some people probably think taste better, especially if they're not as adapted and they have that higher craving for sweeter things. But the Keto Brook is not that sweet. We don't add any additional sweeteners to it. There's a little bit of stevia and monk fruit that's in the protein powder that we use, but nothing that we add. And it is simply a performance bar. The fact that it tastes pretty damn good is just a plus, but it's a performance bar. And when you're that depleted, you can tell with absolute positivity, how everything you consume impacts your body. Like, mm-hmm. I got to a point where I could eat half of an avocado and tell you within 30 minutes exactly how my body was going to respond. You don't get that way unless you're that depleted. Like, you yeah. just simply don't have that that vigilance over your body unless you're that depleted. But when you are, you can, like I said, see in real time how things are impacting you. And of all the things that I tested out, I could see that the keto break was freaking working for me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm motivated to make it. Yeah. And it's cool to see it's still working for the same reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Like, I noticed my body soak it up, like, uh, 
I mean, just as much as it soaked up, you know, 80, 20 ground beef. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which is crazy. Like it, I would have the thought process of, I can't believe I just down, you know, at the end was six tenths. So 600 calories yeah. of a keto break. And I was like, I can't believe I just downed, you know, 600 calories and, and I feel this amazing. And then not only that, but like I was finding, um, and, and I don't know if this supposed to be the effect or not um in this comparison but i was finding there towards the end like i would have a certain amount of ground beef 80 20 ground beef Uh, a lot of times i would have a tablespoon of butter on it um so you know a very good amount of fat good amount of protein nutrient dense food and i would feel better and more satisfied and more nutrient filled after eating the brick than I did the ground beef and uh, which kind of it surprised me and uh, but it was funny because I would use my macro calculator and uh, I would plug in you know different foods for the day as I would try it's so funny how that becomes such a huge part of your day is figuring out um, what you can fit into those macros Mm -hmm. and uh, it was funny. I'd get to a point. I'd be like, "Oh, you know, it was a, it was a bit of a challenge at first because it's like your your calories are restricted, but your protein percentage of those calories is so high that you so many grams of fat, but yet your protein is low. And you know, for mine was 58 grams of fat at the end. And protein. Oh yeah, 55, 58 grams of protein and 133 grams of fat. When I would be trying to make those um, macro calculations with the different food options, I was always running into roadblocks until I incorporated the brick, and then it would like fit perfectly. And uh, it was like oh, I was like, this is this is perfect. And uh, and so at the end, I was essentially uh, pretty much just having um, eighty twenty ground beef in the brick. And yeah. I would look so forward <laughs> to that <laughs> to that meal. I'm telling you, man, when I did the whole meat and bricks thing with Danny, so two pounds of meat for me in one brick, and I think it was two and a half pounds of meat for him in one brick, like he and I both felt like rock stars. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much what I do now. Like I'll pretty much do the meat and bricks now. And like every once in a while I'll incorporate some veggies, but I feel like a million bucks with just meat and bricks. Mm-hmm. Like it, it allows for the higher fat ratio, I'm not having to eat a whole bunch of like added butter because the brick adds so much fat itself. Um, it's not a whole bunch of like, you know, just it's just not a whole bunch of additives. It's just like mm-hmm. good quality solid stuff, and it's just easy. You know, like yeah. meat and bricks, and you're done. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons carnivore is so successful is because it's it's such an elimination diet that it takes away so much of the noise that people are dealing with. The keto brick's not noise. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's nothing in there that's like negative or, or leads to an adverse effect i mean you were eating every single flavor mm-hmm. and none yeah. of them had an adverse effect no so i don't know man like i I'm, I'm gonna sound biased obviously as the owner of the company but i believe i believe in a couple of things i've been thinking about this a lot lately since your show i believe in what the keto brick stands for i believe in what it provides and i don't have to you know think secondly like i know that it's quality ingredients like we're not we don't take any shortcuts like you work here you put your you know sweat and tears into the bricks like you know Mm -hmm. that we don't cut corners right and i'm proud of that Mm -hmm. and i'm also proud of the fact that 
the protocol that I implemented with Deeper State Keto and that I implemented with my coaching, that I just live day to day myself, freaking works. Mm-hmm. And you're like a testament to that. So that's a very unique protocol in the keto space. Like that's my protocol. And I want it to be known so that more people can benefit from it. But it's it's solid. It freaking oh, yeah. works. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, discussion around what should work well. And, and granted, everybody is an individual. Mm-hmm. But I'm proud that I can go to sleep at night knowing that we are building a product that benefits a heck of a lot of people for the right reasons and that we are establishing a protocol within the keto space where there's so much question and uncertainty we are establishing a solid protocol that freaking works yeah. and helps a lot of people. Like I can feel confident in those two things, and I take a lot of pride in that. It's uh, without a doubt. Like I, through this process and over the course of the last six months, you know, I was a fan of Keto Brick before I started working here. I mean, that's how I even knew about the job announcement. Was I already followed you guys? I already had the bricks, and uh, and believed that they're a great product and uh and loved them um but going going through this process and seeing uh the quality of the product on display and how it applied to my personal body during this competition prep from beginning to end it's uh you know allowed me to really like i have i am more proud than ever to be a part of this team to and to be you know the production manager over Ketobrook and I believe now like um without a doubt I can confidently say like this is the highest quality keto product on the market that is offered anywhere and not only that in my opinion it is it has the highest quality of ingredients um with uh the best taste and i know there's a lot of things out there and people use a lot of different things to get it to taste a different way but you are not going to find a higher quality ingredient with as good as of taste as the keto brick it's not going to happen and you know when my kids are asking to have the brick when they can you know they have their option of all kinds of different um you know products or foods and they asked dad for a mocha brick, you know, or they asked dad for some cookies and cream, uh, keto brick, you know, it just makes me really proud. I'm like, heck, even a kid who has no idea of the nutrient value in it and how good it is for them, they only want things because it tastes good. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, my wife who's, uh, who can be picky with different foods and it's like, you know, you may not end up, you know, it's not like, like with most, most things, you may not like every flavor, you're going to find one that you love. And then not only that, it's going to make you feel amazing. And you can be confident that you're not having a product that's filled with all these additives and all this other crap, uh, just so they can try and make it taste as good as possible. But you're going to get a darn good tasting product at the same time. I love it. I love it. I don't want this to sound like I'm like a salesy podcast. <laughs> we're just so strong believers in it, you know. Absolutely. Both you and I, I mean, you and I are the only two, uh, I don't I mean, I guess Crystal, she used it quite a bit in her prep. So I guess the three of us mm-hmm. are the only people that I know of, there may be more out there, that have done 
a prep and used it as much as we had throughout the prep. And for that reason, we are as avid, you know, promoters of it because we believe in it like we do. And, you know, also, uh, all three followed. <laughs> all three got first place. All three followed the deeper state keto protocol. All three utilized the brick. I mean, there's there's some consistent key factors here and consistent oh, now you're results. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, well, man, I'm going to let you have the honors. This podcast is going to go live on Friday. We got a new brick dropping on Sunday. Yes. You want to tell the people what we got coming? I get to tell them? You get to tell them. All right. So <laughs> I think there are a lot of people that have been waiting a long time for this. Uh, in addition to the uh, last bomb that we dropped with the peanut butter brick. And uh, I personally absolutely love this flavor, and I love this time of year, and the two go hand in hand. And uh, the new brick flavor is going to be pumpkin pie. And it will blow your minds. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of this flavor. pretty amazing. Uh, we actually I love it. formulated the peanut butter and the pumpkin pie the same week. So we pretty much were taste testing them mm-hmm. at the same time. And we were all just like sitting around the table like trying bits and pieces of both. And we're like, man, <laughs> these are both freaking <laughs> on the money. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't think I would change a thing about the, the pumpkin pie. No. Like it's it's solid. Oh, it, it tastes amazing. It uh and and yet the the macros are just like the macros on you know on all the rest just impeccable macros, um, but but yeah I remember telling you I was like you know uh, businesses don't usually get better with the sequels you know mm-hmm. that come out but it just seems like every you know the the flavors just get better and better I mean pe- peanut butter is awesome uh, my wife actually refers to it says this is like eating a candy bar. And yet, it's good for me. Yeah. Um, all the kids love the peanut butter uh, consistently, and uh, pumpkin pie. I mean that that name fits it perfectly. Yeah, I'm proud of it. And it's gonna it's gonna go live this Sunday, which is gonna be October 20th, I believe. And it's gonna go live at 12 noon Central. So if you're listening to this, you're watching this. You want a pumpkin pie brick. We're doing a seasonal run of these things, so it's not mm-hmm. going to be a full-time flavor because it is a seasonal flavor. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind if you're on the fence. Yeah, we're already sad about that as employees, <laughs> that it's going to end up running out. But then also I will say that one of the most challenging things during this prep. <laughs> in the kitchen making them? Was I being in the kitchen <laughs> making these bricks um, mixing all the ingredients and and pouring them, uh, you know, into the molds and and packaging them and literally having to take in the aroma of not, I mean, all of the bricks taste amazing, but then when you have a new amazing flavor, and I'm trying to fast during yeah. the day, <laughs> and yet I'm having to make the bricks, I'm having to make the peanut butter. I'm having to make the pumpkin during my last week of it's willpower prep. right there, man. It was rough. Willpower. It was rough. When we first started making the pumpkin, I walked into the room and I just like the air just filled with the smell. <laughs> and I'm like, man, if 
if these things could have a smell award, this one would be number one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The smell, the smell does the taste justice for sure. Yeah. So I got one more question for you, man. Yeah. What's next? What's coming? Oh, so. Um, for me personal, uh, my personal goals, uh, coming out of this experience, um, would be to, uh, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, you come out of a situation like this and, and you kind of, uh, completely relax, mm-hmm. um, maybe make some mistakes because you've been strict for so long and I, uh, you, um, from from what I have learned and listening to uh, to you and uh, and Crystal and uh, and reinforce you know these principles is that you know you need to um, have goals you know at Absolutely. the end of something like this you need to keep in mind of those goals and uh, so um, with that in mind you know my goals coming out of this is also is obviously to go into a uh, you know kind of a growth phase but I would not at all say that it's a bulk for me and my lifestyle and my personal goals um i just want to be lean and fit year round mm-hmm. and uh and so i want to transition into um you know more of a maintenance gradually uh increase my calories uh to a very optimal um healthy level and uh higher than i was at before ideally um and get to a very uh, healthy, strong maintenance weight, leaner than what I considered my maintenance to be before. And uh, I believe that this process, I mean, it it really showed me um, how lean I could get uh, way beyond what I thought was possible before doing Deeper State Keto. And uh, so it has absolutely allowed me to realize that what I thought was a reasonable maintenance I can easily maintain at a much leaner um, physique, and uh, so that's that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah, man, reverse dieting is huge because it's just like I wrote about it in that presentation I made. What goes up must come down. You can't deplete your calories that gradually for 20 weeks and then expect to just bounce back to normal living. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have like an inverse relationship of what you just did. So it's like a peak and valley approach. Like if you were to map it out, the competition prep from a caloric and metabolic and hormonal standpoint is like a valley. And you've got to build that back up gradually to kind of reach that new high. But I tell you, man, doing it with a ketogenic approach and not like being dependent on carbs. Because like when you go off the deep end and you just crash a bunch of carbs post-show, there's a lot of negative recourse that comes for that. Yeah. Whereas if you keep it pretty much meat based and you're, you're doing just simple quality wholesome foods mm-hmm. your body's going to soak in those nutrients and it's not going to have a negative rebound i mean yeah. that, that's going to mitigate so much of a downward spiral more so than any other any other manipulation you could make it's just simply eating quality wholesome ketogenic foods i mean mm-hmm. that alone is going to be huge yeah and you you like personally i'm excited to see you reverse that out because mm-hmm. you're going to keep it pretty clean yeah. meat and bricks with some mm-hmm. veggies and you're going to be able to bypass a lot of that negative uh you know recourse that comes with the traditional bodybuilding style reverse yeah. diet yeah definitely and and what i you know have ended up learning um 
you know, through you is, you know, that I actually have the ability to reset my own metabolism, you know, to where if I were to do this again, or even if I just maybe not necessarily for a competition, uh, but wanted to, you know, go through a phase where I got a little bit leaner than average or something like that, that I can reset my own metabolism to maintain a my goal, a lean and fit physique year round easily at a much higher uh, caloric amount than it was before the competition. Mm-hmm. And uh, which ends up, you know, when it's much less uh, and you have somewhat of a damaged metabolism, you know, then you try to get into a, an extremely lean state you know you're going to be taking your calories to dangerously low levels which you ideally don't want to do and uh so um i think yeah the dsk uh, program refers to it as like increasing that runway Mm -hmm. and uh i'm very excited to to um try and progress towards that goal of like my new goal for an ideal maintenance weight which uh will be about 10 to 15 pounds lighter than it was before all while consuming you know more nutrients uh, a much higher caloric value each day yeah i definitely would like to see your your baseline caloric intake and metabolism be set higher than it was Mm -hmm. at the onset of this prep because you were only consuming 2200 calories at the beginning right which is not really i mean you with your bill I'd like to see you like closer to twenty eight to three thousand for sure. Right. Um, yeah. But that's that's the beauty of it. Like every time you cycle through it and have a designated cutting and building phase, then your baseline starting point improves each time. So like mm-hmm. you're able to start with more caloric runway, better metabolism, better hormonal balance, and then a lower body fat. So each time you cycle through it, you're just improving your body's baseline, mm-hmm. which is huge, man. Like that's that's what makes body recomposition sustainable like yeah there's no other way to do it that's mm-hmm. like the only way i know to do it and it'd be healthy for you mm-hmm. for the long haul and i don't know i'm just proud of that protocol because it's tried and true and obviously has worked pretty well for you absolutely <laughs> yeah and that's not what you hear about no for the most part you hear about how to lose weight quick mm-hmm. or bulk up quick and it, it's just it just goes to show you like so many people um, you know, I love how you always focus on taking the long game approach with anything 100%. Uh, in order to get the best out of whatever it is. And it's so, I mean, it just so consistently applies to everything. And if you're going to take shortcuts uh, or try to shit, take shortcuts, the quality is going to be low and you're going to suffer for it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why I'm so proud to be a part of deeper state keto and so proud of uh, keto break because, um, and to be a part of that is the, uh, that standard, that long game approach, that quality over quantity. It's, it's all there and a hundred percent faith behind it. I appreciate that. I'm going to give you another plug because it's deserved. You're a coach on deeper state keto. Yes. You were a coach before the prep. Yes. But now that you've gone through the prep, You've learned more about what is possible, mm-hmm. both physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I have no doubt that you're going to be a significantly better coach. You are a great coach, but you're going to be an even better coach now. Not only with the protocol, because you've pushed the protocol to the limit, but also just as a 
as a human and knowing how to communicate with other humans mm-hmm. and just knowing how the body works because like I, like I've said several times during this podcast you just are able to tap into real-time feedback that the body gives you mm-hmm. when you're at the depth of a prep like that so having that information and taking it and applying it to your clients is going to be key yeah yeah and uh, you know I would say to um, and, and that's without a doubt uh, and I would say to anybody out there who because so many people get on a ketogenic diet um, and they kind of do, I guess, what's referred to as a dirty ketogenic diet or very um, non-structured. And you can lose some weight like that. Um, you can lose a little bit of weight like that, but it's definitely not ideal and you're definitely not um, taking yourself to your full potential. And I think a lot of people cut themselves short um, and don't really believe they can get to where they actually can get to and i i absolutely would like to say to any to all the listeners um if you've never taken yourself to uh through anything to try and get to the best that you personally can be to the best version of yourself um and you've kind of always just ended up being satisfied with uh I mean, guess no better word than just mediocre results. If you're interested, Deeper State Keto will absolutely get you there, and it takes out all of the guesswork. Um, You just got to follow the protocol, and it is laid out in a more detailed and strategic way than you will find in any other program. I'm 100% confident. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate that that's coming from you, not me, because it just sounds <laughs> sales if it's coming from me. But I mean, you've just proven your point this yep. past weekend. Yep. Hey, so. we got a first place trophy right here. Hundred so. <laughs> percent. Well, shoot, man, let's call it quits on the podcast. I'm gonna go eat a keto break. We'll go put your trophy on the top shelf somewhere. That's right. That's and, right. And uh, we'll get back to making some bricks. All right. Sounds good. See you, brother. All right, man.